On today's edition of the Locked On Nets podcast, we are joined once again by Christian Winfield from the New York Daily News to discuss Joe Harris's free agent status, what to do about Karis LeVert and Jarrett Allen's futures, plus which fringe net most reminds Christian of a plum. All that and more coming up on Locked On Nets. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Locked on Nets podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Barahal. If you missed it yesterday, we had part one of our conversation with Christian Winfield from the New York Daily News posted. That went up last night. Uh, This is part two of that conversation. So if you missed part one, just be sure to go back in our feed and listen to that. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get all these episodes uh, as soon as they come out. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNets. Uh, Josh is at JMBass underscore. I am at Marcus Barahal. Uh, really fun conversation with Christian. Glad we could get him on the podcast to brighten our moods a little bit after that tough Nets loss. Hopefully they can bounce back tomorrow in Game 3. But for now, hopefully this can tide you over. Until then, uh, here is Part 2 of our conversation with Christian. Yeah, and you talk about kind of filling your roster uh, around those star guys, I think one person that um, basically everyone in the basketball sphere is just in love with is Joe Harris. And obviously, you know, he just left the bubble after game two for uh, not injury-related personal matters. He's probably not going to be back uh, by the time the series ends uh, unless nope. something really crazy happens. Uh, so I guess is this his last game as a net today? I mean, for, from our perspective, like they should do anything they – can possibly uh, do to, to re-sign him just because like he is that one guy as a role player that's a really dependable three-point shooter, one of the best in the league, can put it on the floor, low maintenance. But, you know, obviously Kyrie made his comments towards the uh, beginning of 2020 on guys that he sees as like part of the core. Joe Harris wasn't on that. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he's going to be a free agency. Almost everyone's going to have interest in him. What are you thinking about, you know, potentially re-signing him? Um, and going back to the Kyrie thing, Kyrie literally named everyone else except Joe. I don't think that was done with malice. You know, I think it's, hey, I'm, I'm new to the team, still trying to rattle everyone's name off. Uh, I didn't really read too much into that in terms of him leaving off Joe. Uh, I read more into the, the fact that he said in public that we need another piece or we need pieces to compete, right? I don't think he intentionally singled out Joe as somebody who wasn't part of the core. Um, that being said, I think that the Nets would be foolish not to retain him. And I think Joe would be foolish not to stay. Um, you're going to get the same amount of money no matter where you go, right? That, like the Nets can match. Well, I wouldn't say match, right? But they have bird, they have his bird rights. They can give him however much money he wants. They can exceed the cap to do so. I think they're probably going to give him somewhere between a, a, what's fair, probably somewhere between 65 and $80 million over four or five years. And they're, they're going to keep him there. And, if you're, and from the Joe Harris perspective of things, you're not like your legacy is not going like you're not going to go somewhere else and average 25 points a game right like love you joe harris that's probably not going to be your your thing what you can do is be an integral part of a championship team uh average 15 points and potentially sneak into the hall of fame as someone who won three championships and is one of the greatest shooters ever if he continues to 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 hit threes at the clip he's at i don't think it makes sense for him to go anywhere else especially if the payday is not double what he's going to get in Brooklyn, which is impossible because the Nets have his bird rights and they're going to pay the tax. So uh, I don't think he leaves. I don't think the Nets let him walk. I think the Nets give him – it also depends on if they try to lowball him. I don't think the Nets are going to lowball him either. Uh, he just signed, what was it, two years, $16 million. Um, 
I think at minimum, you've got to try to maybe not triple it, right? In terms of eight times three is 24, and he's not going to get 24 million a year. But I think the overall value of that contract, 16 times three is what, 48? Is my math good? Yeah, so look at that. My math is okay. (laughs) 48. I think that's the baseline, right? You got to start at three years, 50 million, and and work up from that. And I think that's probably a fair place to start and see where he goes from there. Um, and, and it could be longer than I know Mark's like these, likes these three-year contracts. And a three-year deal is good because if you got everyone going on for three years, then you have a clean slate once Kyrie and KD's contracts run up. Um, so I, I say all that to say I think Joe is going to be a net at least for another three years. I think the Nets are going to take care of him in terms of what he can make. Uh, I think it'd be foolish for him to go somewhere else because – I mean, for legacy purposes, I don't think he's going to go anywhere, like I said, and average 25. I think he can average 15 or a championship contender, and that's good enough for him. Um, so, yeah, I think he stays in Brooklyn. I don't think the Nets let him move. I think the, the bird rights point you made is a good one because, like, he can either – if he leaves, he could either go to a contender and probably make a lot less because they're probably capped out or go to, like, right. a bad team, sign a big contract, maybe put up more stats, but – no real shot at winning. So I, I think, he'd be, yeah, he'd be yeah forgotten. the Nets can really give him the best team, of both worlds. If you went to a bad team, he'd become a nobody, right? Like you're mm-hmm. not, you're not going to be Gordon Hayward in Utah. Uh, good, right? You're, like I, I love the development that he's made, but he doesn't have that ball handler point guard skill set, right? That's what Gordon Hayward has. That's why Gordon Hayward became out. So then him and Joe Hayward, him and Joe Harris are two different players. He's more of a shooter. Um, and I, I don't even think he's going to be JJ Reddick good. And then J.J. Reddick is just a different level in terms of how fast he can get that shot up and different things and how he can get around those screens. But if he does want to go to a bad team and he wants to, you know, take headband Harris somewhere else, then, then why not? I, I just don't – I don't see it happening. I think he stays. I think the Nets try to keep him. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think they kind of have to prioritize him with, with kind of the uncertainty around um, all the other role players that, that they've seen. Um, what about guys like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert? I think um, really kind of at the time of the coaching switch, there was obviously DeAndre moved into the starting lineup. There was talk that, you know, because Kenny was prioritizing Allen over DeAndre, even though minutes was relatively equal, it's one of the reasons why he wasn't um, resigned. And maybe they would look to trade Allen in the offseason, given that he'd be a restricted free agent after next year. And, you know, they, maybe they didn't want to invest a lot in the center position. And then Levert's future was kind of in question a bit if he could really be the third guy there, or if they needed someone who was more of a, you know, better off the ball, um, oh. or other people. Like, how has what you've seen in the bubble changed your perception on either of them and how the Nets view them going into next year and beyond when really kind of the rubber hits the road on uh, success with KD and Kyrie back? Well, you know, I, I got a chance to talk a little bit to Jared, to Jared about this over the, the last couple of games. And I think Jared has – I think Jared took a hit when, when DeAndre Jordan was inserted as a starting center, you know, and that's 
that's you know for him to have had the year that he had last year, then for the Nets not only to sign DeAndre Jordan, but also draft the big man, right? You draft, you draft Nick Claxton, you sign DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan to a four-year, $40 million deal. And then for him to be relegated to the bench, that, you know, that's, that's kind of messed up, right? Like if, if you played the way Jared Allen played last year and, and came back to, to your starting spot getting taken away, the team devoting $40 million of money that should be yours to somebody else and then drafting – the next generation, you you kind of be pissed. And uh, for that reason, earlier this season, I was more so of the thinking that Jared Allen had a foot out the door. They were going to trade him because it makes sense. You've got your, you've got a center that you can't trade. I don't think anyone's taking DeAndre Jordan's contract. And you've got the next guy up. And Jared Allen's almost kind of the bridge between the two. But if you just look at the way he's been able to play in Orlando, I mean – this guy is clearly a starting center in this league, right? And arguably should be starting over DeAndre Jordan. If you look at the plays he was able to make, and, and a big part of why DeAndre was starting, in my opinion, was because of his ability to make passes out of the high post area, right? You get the ball to DeAndre Jordan in that Al Horford help space that DeAndre Jordan is still making plays, right? He's still hitting teammates that are cutting. He's setting screens. He's doing triple handoffs, all that. We've seen a little bit of that from Jared Allen in the in the Orlando bubble, and it's been more so out of necessity because teams are doubling Karras. Karras, he's got to dump that ball off, otherwise he's going to turn it over. So he's dumping the ball off to Jared. Jared's got a ton of space between himself and the next defender, and he's looking over, okay, now this is kind of like a four or three. Who's open? He's going to hit the open man. Uh, I think in that way, Jared Allen has grown tremendously over the last, what do you want to call it, eight plus two, ten, over the last 10 or so games, including the scrimmages. Um, but at the same time, this team is not complete. Right, and you don't have that much money to work with. You're probably going to have a, a mid-level, a taxpayer's mid-level exception of what eight or so million dollars, and maybe that's enough to get you another piece. But you need to address that four spot because Torian Prince is not it, and you've got to make a trade. And honestly, you're not going to be able to get the guy you want by just trading Jared Allen because Jared Allen's contract is only paying them what less than less than five million dollars next year, I believe. I got to look it up again. Yeah, because he hasn't signed that rookie so they're going to have to make a trade and who are they going to include in that trade you don't trade Karis LeVert unless it brings you back Bradley Beal right like there's nobody else I'm trading Karis LeVert for in the NBA unless it gets you back it has to get you back Bradley Beal I don't even know if I, you could say Aaron Gordon but I don't even know if, I, if he makes sense on this roster um there aren't that many other like you don't trade Karis LeVert for for Zach Levine I don't think that yeah. makes sense either um I I, I don't think you trade Karis. I think number one, I think Kyrie, just by one, we, we saw, we heard Karis say that Kyrie called him uh, after his game against, I forget what it was. I don't think it was the Portland game. It was the game before that uh, when he kind of kind of went off. Kyrie gave him a call and was like, hey, you know, we're watching you. Keep going, do what you're doing. And I think just that. And then we heard Kevin Durant talk about playing with Karis and why he likes Karis. I think that's the reason that they keep him alone. I'm more of the belief that this team is going to try to trade make a package around Torian Prince, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and picks for like that would probably be the baseline starting package for their missing piece, right? And then you go re-sign uh, Joe Harris and you get that four and then you use that taxpayers mid-level or whatever and go get a backup point guard. And now you've got a legitimate 10, well, eight, nine, 10 man rotation with whoever you're trading those three, four. Um, I, I don't think they trade Karis LeVert. Um, I really don't think they want to trade Jared Allen, especially the way he's been playing. But there's only but so many minutes to go around. But also, DeAndre Jordan's getting older. I, I really didn't like – if this team could have gone and gotten KD and Kyrie without getting DeAndre, they'd be in a better position right now. 
um, because we don't know what version of DeAndre Joe we're going to get next year. And the version we saw this year, I mean, he had some good games, but you still saw that this is not the same Lob City DeAndre Jordan of old days. Um, and we still saw him moving a little bit sluggish on the defensive end as well uh, at the time. So I, I think it's, it's this is a crossroads. We can't even call it summer because by the time free agency <laughs> and, and the offseason comes, we'll just call it the offseason. It's a crossroads offseason for the Nets right now because they're stuck in between the old, well, the young players that Kenny Atkinson was developing, even though Kenny Atkinson is out the door, and the championship contending pieces that want to compete right now. So who is ready to compete right now? Is Jared Allen ready to compete right now? He's showing that he is in some levels, but he still needs that. He still needs a little more experience. Karis LeVert is showing that he's ready to compete, but he's showing also showing that he's not ready. I mean, what he, what he shoots, 5 of 22 tonight against yeah. the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors. The Raptors have a great defense, but if you're a star – You've got to find ways to convert, um, and, and I think those that's what it's going to boil down to. Who on this roster can really hang with championship contenders? There's one thing. TLC looks like he can play. TLC looks like he can play his role, and he's only going to be on the roster for 1.8 million. He's not going anywhere. Garrett Temple is showing you that he's here to stay at least for next year, and they'll probably resign him for two more years. Joe Harris is not going to miss from three, and it looks like he's only going to get better. Um, so who do you trade? You have to get that forward. If you can't sign him in free agency, you got to trade for him. So I think the four candidates for a trade are obviously Jay, Karis, uh, Spencer, and Torian. And out of those guys, the only one I think is truly safe is Karis. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be safely left outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA one more time. That is code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Interesting, yeah, because I feel like coming into this, a lot of the talk was just kind of about him kind of pumping up his trade value like this is almost like an audition for him and for Jared yeah. Allen and they, they've both played really well especially I think J.A. the last few games just like his rebounding's been off the charts uh 15 more in this mm. game Joe Harris also with 15 rebounds uh gonna be really tough to replace him uh going forward in this series so uh, right not, and a, you know, not an you easy know one thing as well that I don't think it's talked about enough you know I think we, we forget about Spencer and how good he is and how good he was for this team because he didn't enter the Orlando bubble. But if he would have entered this bubble, his team would have been different. You know, yeah. like this, that's, that's 20 points and seven assists that you're missing in the game. And another guy who can get down, he'll get in transition. Another guy who can take and make big shots. You know, so we're floating Spencer Dinwiddie's name around and, and trade, we want him to call him rumors and trade ideas. But that guy is equally as important to this roster because mm -hmm. remember, when Kyrie was out, Karras was also out. And the only reason this team was really staying afloat was because Spencer Dinwiddie was carrying them uh, for that however many month and a half stretch that both of those guys were out. So, you know, I, I think Spencer is, is just as equal. And, and there's a version of this team. There's, there's a rendition. There's probably an alternate reality where this team does nothing. They keep everybody together. 
Uh, they re-signed Joe Harris, and they used their mid-level to sign some power forward. Who knows? Maybe that's Paul Millsap. Maybe, maybe he takes a pay cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not even. I'm. St- I'm not even sure Paul Millsap is the right guy. You need a, a young, versatile forward who can defend a lot of positions and knock down threes uh, at that four spot. Who can start? He doesn't even really have to be a star. Um, and I just think the Nets are probably going to have to trade for that guy because, I mean, I'm looking – I need to look again. I haven't done enough free agency diving yet, but I'm not sure that guy is available in free yeah. agency. Unless it's TLC. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't think TLC is big enough <laughs> for the four spot. Yeah, there, it, it's like – I think I'm looking at a lot of these guys that teams have, you know, identified, whether it's like a Jeremy Grant or, you know, even a Paul Millsap when he got started in Utah. Um, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith that you mentioned on, on the Mavs. Like, these are all unheralded guys. Like, none of these guys were really high draft picks. Um, and, and it was just guys that teams were able to develop. They worked on their shot. So it's someone like Kuroots, but someone like that panned out. So I think after the year he's had, you know, we can count him out of being that um, really kind of salve at the four position. But, you know, I think that's what it's going to do. They at least have the track record in developing guys to do it, but they just need to do so at the four spot. And I think it could be a home run there. Um, but we'll see. Christian, before we wrap up, one last question for you. So uh, you were talking on Twitter about how much you love plums and how underrated they are. <laughs> all of these fringe guys on the net. So, you know, that's Kurutz, that's Jana Musa, Tyler Johnson, Chioza, Jeremiah Martin, Dante Hall, Justin Anderson, basically the entire roster at this point. Which of these uh, players would you most associate as a plum? Someone that can wow. really be underrated and can stick in the league. Um, Tyler Johnson. Um, I think Tyler hopped onto this Nets team and just started fitting in immediately. Um, obviously, I don't think he – I mean, even today, I think he shot 50% on the shots. He, he just finds – he just found a way to just just ingratiate himself into the offense immediately. And we saw his ability to hit shots. We saw his ability to, to defend both guard positions. Um, we just saw his ability to compete. And those three things, if you can make shots, if you can play defense, and, and you're going to go out there and make hustle plays – um, you know, I, I think that's what a plum is all about. You know, everybody talks about strawberries. We can talk about bananas, blueberries, pineapples, mangoes. Um, plums don't get too much love. And we're going to show Tyler Johnson some love today. He, he's, he's been hoping uh, since he joined the Nets for the resumption of the season. Um, I think he's a guy that they're going to keep around just because he can play both guard spots. He can handle the ball. He's a shot maker. And uh, he's just the type of guy that you run around. He can hoop, you know, he can hoop, he can, and he competes out on both ends of the floor. And uh, I guess if we're, if we're giving out plum awards, that, that's what it'll go to. Yeah, I've really liked what he's given the team. Like, you don't really see it reflected in, the, in like, the plus minus or anything because he kind of is playing with those other bench guys, those other non-plums. But I feel like he can make a shot, and he's one of the few guys on the roster right now who can, like, get his own shot. Yeah, and the Nets need more of that. And they yeah. just lost one. Love it. It's really, this is uh, giving me uh, an urge to go have a plum. I haven't had one in a minute. But, Christian, anything you want to plug before you're it. No, man. Uh, only thing I'll, I'll plug the New York Daily News. You know, we, we've got some some good content coming out there. My boy Charles is now the uh, the Jets beat writer. So if you're into the Jets, go read him. He's at, uh, he's at Four Verts on, on Twitter. Um, I got Bradford. does a lot of baseball coverage. He's at underscore b willie uh really dope writer both of those guys are smarter than me in ways that i don't even want to start to articulate so uh it's a pleasure to be working with them it's a pleasure to plug them so if you need some some jets or some baseball or some nfl coverage go follow bradford davis and and charles mcdonald on on twitter those are two smart guys for sure love it he's a team player uh much like uh much like a lot of these guys in the nets always looking out for for his teammates christian winfield thank you so much for your time 
Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thanks.